Hello, and welcome to today's session of the Supply Chain Masters Series by Transportation Insight. I'm Peter Ryan in the Transportation Insight Marketing Group. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us for this digital event. Our panelists are ready to de deliver impactful insight that you can apply into your own operational environment. We designed this series of digital events to connect you directly with our team of supply chain masters to bring you expert level advice on solving supply chain challenges. To that end, if you have a question during today's session, simply type it into the questions panel that you see in your webinar viewer. We'll respond to as many questions as possible during our broadcasts. Let's jump right into today's topic being presented by Client Solutions Director J.R. Bisher and Mark Irillo. Good morning, J.R. and Mark. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, good morning, Peter. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Hey, good morning and uh, good afternoon to all of the folks over here on the East Coast. I know you're uh, giving us your lunch hour, so I really appreciate it and we're excited to share some information with you. Okay, thanks guys. Uh, JR and Mark will be talking about supply chain visibility, peeling back the layers to drive down cost and manage growth. Uh, JR, we're very excited to hear what you and Mark have to say for, for our audience on this critical topic. So let's get right into it. Sure, Peter, thank you. And uh, again, excited to be here with Mark talking about this topic. This is extremely topical, uh, timely, and you know, Talking to Mark about this and, and drawing from his experience of over 10 years uh, touching different parts of the supply chain from fleet management to full-scale supply chain management projects, he brings a lot of business acumen to the conversation uh, and, and really excited to, to, hear his, uh, to, to hear what he has to say on this topic of visibility. Thank you so much, JR. You know, it's, it's a privilege to be here, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm genuinely excited to to learn, uh, you know, from you today as well, and really find a way to tap into your significant experience in working with your clients and how they've used visibility into their supply chain data to put it to work for their companies and how they've been able to use that knowledge to improve. You know, and I know you've been in this field for a number of years and, and, and kind of with that in mind, can you give me and give our group an idea of what your experience with visibility has looked like over the years? What, what it kind of started off as and then we can talk about really what it's morphed into over time. Yeah, sure. So it's, it's really a good place to start in this conversation, sort of the evolution of, of visibility. So as I started in this industry, uh, working with supply chains, logistics, initially visibility really was centered around where's my stuff? When did it pick up? When will it arrive? So it was very operationally driven. Uh, also very customer service driven. So it meant logging into portals, carrier portals, uh, vendor portals, uh, it, it also meant you relied on different partners in the supply chain to make updates, and typically those updates were manual. So they included sending emails, making phone calls, and you got very basic reporting uh, from those different partners in the supply chain. You were They were susceptible to mistakes because they were typically manually entered as well. So you also had very little real-time access to data. Again, if you wanted to see something, you were typically requesting uh, data or reports from maybe someone within your own organization or some uh, another partner that you're working with throughout the supply chain. So you, you had very little collaboration across departments, across providers in your supply chain uh, with your customers. You know, so really, JR, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, you know, in the past, it sounds like a, a very reactive process that was kind of driven by, you know, perhaps a compelling event or an issue at a customer. You know, is that really what drove the quote unquote visibility into the process in the past? Yeah, you're exactly right, Mark. It, it was very reactive in nature. So the issue there is, you know, it, it's still important to understand that an event occurred 
and we need to take some steps to, to try to correct it. But typically at that point, uh, because it is reactive, the, really the only remedy uh, was communication across the supply chain. Again, that was slow, uh, a, a manual process. So it was, it was not, not collaborative, not proactive, very reactive. Understand, understand. And, you know, with that in mind, you know, what does visibility mean through the lens of today's capability with with more of a fully engaged process? You know, what what is it turned into today? Yeah, so as we move into talking about uh, today, what visibility means for uh, supply chain in different organizations? I want to make sure that I that I let everybody know on the call that those things that I talked about in the past, those things aren't going anywhere. Those things are still critical for today. So we still have to have visibility into uh, where's, the, uh, where's the freight, right? Did it pick up? Will it arrive? But it's moved, in, it's moved from being operational and customer service driven to a much more strategic uh, thing. And, and Rather than it being driven by customer service, now this, this search for visibility is really driven by profitability. So rather than it just being about physical, physical things, it's now about where's my demand coming from? Where's my inventory, right? So, so it's, it's become much more strategic in that nature. And we now have the ability to automate a lot of the processes that were manual in the past. So we have things like uh, GPS tracking, more system integrations, things that drive more, uh, you know, more data in, in real time. And it allows us to have that real time access to the data. Now I do want to pause real quick and make sure that uh, I, I let everybody on the call know that, we understand that some some folks are still, uh, you know, more operationally, more customer service, physical. Uh, those things are still uh, what folks are trying to figure out, and that's okay. Um, but as we continue to move forward, we want to move more into this collaborative nature. So across departments, across providers, across customers, these things are are happening now. Uh, with with current organizations that have visibility. So if if the main theme that we're taking away from this is that you know today we're looking at providing visibility into your data to allow multiple departments to work together and truly knock down silos that can exist within your organization to help make strategic decisions easier to come by, you know. How do we take that next step in our evolution? What does the future look like for visibility into your supply chain? Yeah, so, so today we have the ability with visibility across supply chains to, uh, to, to give some of that uh, strategic level decision-making, strategic planning, contingency planning. As we look to tomorrow in the future, it's gonna become even more automated. So things like uh, system integrations will continue to happen and we will, those things will spread out across the entire supply chain. So things like the manual processes that I talked about uh, in the past, uh, status updates, where's my inventory, production planning, a lot of those things are going are gonna to move more uh, to an automated process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I know that we've probably got a lot of folks on, on the call with us here today. And, you know, you and I are in a similar situation with most companies that we talk to. You know, unfortunately, their data might not be in a good place today. And, you know, while they have a focus on moving forward and they understand that it is a need, you know, how do we help them take that step? And what can they do in their role to prepare for actionable visibility? Because we know we can't go from zero to 100 overnight. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And as we talk about the evolution of, of visibility, 
some people might be wondering, okay, well, what do, how do I start, right? Uh, and, and really the first piece of this, how do we get into this? How do we, how do we start getting visibility? It, it's really about where does my data live? So in your supply chain, you have multiple players working in multiple systems. Again, some organizations even may have that within their own organization. Data consolidation is really the key here. So one, figuring out where does my data live across my organization, across my supply chain. Being able to bring that data into a single source of truth so that, again, across the organization, we have visibility uh, into data and we're all looking at the same things. It's really the only way to get to start down this path of end-to-end uh, -end supply chain visibility that everybody's looking for today. So as we, as we start to, uh, you know, as we start to get our data in that place, you now have the ability to bring visibility uh, in your organization to that place where they have a really what, what I would I would use the term global management dashboard. So they can see all their supply chain data in one place. And Mark, I know that you and I have talked about this a lot and you have some really good experience here. Uh, can you tell us about, you know, once you get your data in a good place, what, what that means to have that global management dashboard? Absolutely. I mean, you know, whether you guys have a fully integrated homegrown solution or you, you have a high level partnership with a third party that is giving you access to this information, it is paramount to keeping your supply chain up and moving that, you know, you have the ability to act. And, you know, as everybody on the call here knows, there are a lot of moving parts that you have to coordinate throughout multiple locations, multiple roles, multiple you know, product lines, whatever it might be. You have to run those through not just the manufacturing facilities, but also your distribution centers working in concert with your sales and customer service teams. So the ability to have your fingers on the pulse of your supply chain as a whole is extremely important. And, you know, when you have that ability from a high level to see how everything is performing and, you know, one of the things JR spoke about earlier was access to real time data. The closer that we can give you that access to what we would consider real time as the data is pushed to us from the carriers in many cases, that allows you guys to give autonomy to your folks on the front line, really empower your end users, but still give you the control overall to ensure that their decision-making process is in concert with um, you know, stated business guidelines and also you know, what your end goal is, whether those are internal or external stakeholders. You bring up a really good point there, Mark. A lot of what we hear from different folks that we talk to uh, is this concept of decentralized versus centralized. Should I move one way? Uh, do I have the right systems, the right processes in place uh, to, to, to be centralized? How does, how does this, this access to visibility and data, how does that change centralization versus decentralization in that conversation? Yeah, you know, it, it really gives you an opportunity to have a hybrid model of the two. Um, you know, I'd love to say that there is a, a black and white answer for this. You know, hey, are you completely centralized or are you completely decentralized? How are you empowering your folks on the front line? But when it comes down to it, there are the internal decision making capabilities, which, you know, can be a very simple metric, such as the least cost reporting understanding that you are making the right decision and if not being able to quantify what that opportunity cost is understanding how decisions that your operation level folks are impacting your overall financial success but then on the flip side you also have to understand your external customers are they getting your product at the designated time? Are they happy with freight costs? Are we seeing increases? What trends are we noticing in the market? You know, to measure those outputs is a different conversation. Are you guys looking at carrier scorecarding? 
are you understanding where your inventory is to get it to your customer as quickly as possible? Do you have the flexibility to make changes to meet the needs of your clients as you know, the environment around us changes? What we start to see is the necessity for interdepartmental communication. And having visibility into this process is huge. When you have folks in sales, in marketing, in fulfillment, in operations aligned, now you guys can understand, hey, what does a heat map of a specific region look like in terms of our customer density? Where are some of our highest priority shipping lanes where we're moving the majority of our product either from the manufacturer or to the client? And you know, to that end, where should our inventory be in relation to these clients to best serve them? You know, when you have kind of that, that synergy between each area, it allows you guys to, you know, act through constant monitoring to make small changes to keep things in line so that you can run a marketing promotion based on inventory. You can host regional events based on where your inventory is. It's very important to, you know, something that JR mentioned earlier, knock down the silos between your departments to eliminate waste and stop having people have to include per se a, a middleman or an extra step to satisfy your end user. That's a that's a really good point there, Mark. So I wanna I want to touch on something that you mentioned. And I think a lot of people get caught up with get caught up on this. They they spend a lot of time and energy, you know, getting their data in the right place, getting that visibility, getting that global management uh, of their supply chain, and then they 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 think they need to make these large scale sweeping changes across their organization or across their supply chain. It sounded like you said that that may not be the best route. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, making those changes based on that constant monitoring? Absolutely. So, you know, when, when you're in this phase, when you have access to the data at this point, you're in a constant monitoring, <clears throat> excuse me, situation. And what that allows you to do is get rid of the lag that existed prior. You're now in a proactive approach instead of you know a more reactive philosophy as to where you were in the past where you can identify trends in your data or you can identify trends within your clients that allow you to make changes you know on the fly and stay very flexible you know in the past you may have to wait three six eight weeks before that compelling event occurs and then you can go back and try to disrupt the pattern and make a change now you have the ability to make small changes on the fly and be very flexible. You know, nothing has occurred in my tenure as a professional professional and most likely for most of the folks on our call today that, you know, could have prepared us for the situation we're in today. And it really highlighted the fact that companies that have the ability to adapt and be flexible and make these changes are in far better positions than folks that had to essentially reinvent the wheel and try to institute huge sweeping changes rather than react and adapt on a smaller level. And you know that that that, that really is how we're going to focus on this constant monitoring approach today. Yeah, so so it sounds like these changes on the fly and going back to kind of our centralized versus decentralization uh, conversation, right? So allowing the end users to have some level of autonomy um, with some level of control above them because of the visibility, right? So, so now, whether it's at a facility level or a warehouse level, we can give folks the ability to make those small tweaks as they see the need to with with the proper visibility so we no longer have to uh, you know wait months to collect a bunch of data request reports and look at those reports and then try to make some uh, large-scale change we can we can really arm folks with uh, with with the tools and the data to, to say you know what 
if we tweak these small things here, we can make a, an impact uh, on our supply chain and, and, and increase profitability or increase customer service levels. So I think those things are really big, that those changes on the fly. You also touched on something that I want to go back to this becoming more of a strategic conversation than a, uh, you know, than a operational physical conversation. You touched on breaking down silos and interdepartmental communication collaboration. I think it's a great example. You touched on marketing and sales. We have seen, I know you and I have talked about this, we've seen in organizations uh, a number of times where you will have marketing running a promotion, uh, sales out there selling against that promotion, and on the supply chain side, they have, there, there's different things that are happening that uh, when they step back and look at the end of the day of that, how successful that promotion was, it may not have even been a profitable promotion because uh, that's one of their most expensive items to ship. Uh, or, you know, there, there's a whole host of reasons, but not having that connection between sales, marketing, and the supply chain folks can put you in a position to where you're spending time, effort, money on things that ultimately are not profitable because of that, because of those silos. And I think that's a, that's a really good example of how this conversation has evolved from the operational conversation to a much higher level uh, strategic boardroom type of conversation and we can really start looking at how do we use visibility how do we use data to become more profitable right absolutely you know when, when we're focusing on uh, you know how to fix things operationally you lose the big picture into continuous improvement overall for your company so the fact that you have the ability to allow your operational folks to make these small changes on the fly and act on these small tweaks do allow you to take that next step into continuous improvement. Really digging into what the data looks like for your supply chain. No longer where is my freight? No longer you know, what does it cost per lane? Let's take a look at some SKU level data. Let's start understanding what your margin is, what your profitability is on certain product lines, and really take that next step into strategic decision making. You know, understanding your true landed costs is extremely important. And, you know, as JR said, we've seen it time and time again when your, you know, per se, your, your marketing department is not linked with your operational folks you know we had a client that you know they had a, a flagship product and you know uh, i don't want to give away who they were so i won't i won't say exactly what it was but boy did they hang their hat on this their entire e-commerce strategy was linked to pushing forward their flagship on their website they had banners all over the place pushing you to this deal if you buy it we will give you free shipping we will throw this in we will throw that in and you know what they found when they became fully engaged and they had a strong partnership to help them dig into the data was you know what yes you guys are are doing everything you can to push this product because it, on its own if they were to buy it you know maybe retail it is a profitable product for you however all these banners where you're pushing it and you're eating that freight cost it is very expensive to ship due to the size and weight you guys were actually losing money on all of these promotions that you were running due to the volume and the spike in shipping charges that you were having so you know that's a small kind of front level example but when you have that availability to dial in you can say okay we understand that's expensive Let's take a look at some of our other products where you know, freight cost is not an issue. Maybe we can make up some of the margin that we're losing on that item by pairing it with another. 
And, you know, everybody on the phone that's ever shopped at, you know, on Amazon, you see the frequently bought together items that you see down the bottom. You know, when you make a small tweak like that and you, you change your promotion that, you know, maybe gives you a volume discount on those two items, you know, now you can take a look at, okay, we can still push our flagship item because that's what we're known for. But we're going to pair it with something to keep it more profitable. You know, and, and this becomes paramount as you take a look at what your strategy looks like when it comes to freight. You know, are you guys having freight as a profit center or in your industry, do you need to find a way to be as competitive on possible, both for the cost on your end to ship items, but also on the cost that you're passing through your client? You know, is it a competitive advantage? Yeah, I, and I want to stop you right there, Mark, because that, that's a really important point. A lot of people that we talk to and, and possibly people on, uh, folks on this call, they look at supply chain typically as a cost center, right? You just mentioned that, or, or freight as a cost center, you just mentioned freight as a profit center um, or a competitive advantage. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between those two things? Um, you know, maybe what what my organization, uh, how my organization look should look at freight. Should we look at it as a cost center, a profit center, a competitive advantage? How do we how do we look at that? Yeah, no, and that's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of times when people hear freight, that you're right, they think, all right, I gotta I gotta stroke a check, I gotta pay somebody to get something from A to B. But, you know, in many cases, there are companies that due to the nature of their product or due to the nature of their industry, freight is a pass-through cost. And when you have a pass-through that's generally accepted, as long as your product costs are low, and again, this is specific to your market. This is why every supply chain is unique and, you know, really is akin to a fingerprint in that it's different for each organization you now have the ability to have a markup on your freight. You know, whether it's 20%, 25%, et cetera, now you're looking at ways to generate more, more profit for your customers and that for your company rather. And that really highlights, you know, hey, how well are you sourcing these relationships with these shippers? If you're operating as a profit center, the better that you're buying your ability to ship, whether that's through contracts or spot quotes, et cetera, you know, the more margin you can build into that profit center. And again, understanding how it can be different when you're shipping, you know, say foam or you're shipping, you know, bowling balls, everything is significantly different and has different characteristics. There is not a one size fits all approach to this. And that's why this visibility into your data is so important. Understanding how to plan your strategy by product type becomes paramount. Then you got to take a look at the flip side. We've all been, you know, I don't want to say victim. We've all been conditioned to this Amazon effect. If I go online and purchase something, especially on the e-commerce side, I expect to hear within two days and I expect it to be free, quote unquote, which we all know can just mean factored into the price. So you have to take a look at how do I, you know, A, keep my inventory placed in a way that makes me the lowest cost to serve that market that is purchasing my product. And then also B, how do I plan for that effect when I'm penetrating new markets? I need to have a competitive advantage over the other companies that are selling a similar product. And if that is through freight, again, that can mean you have a lower price on your product that can mean you're offering free shipping and they're getting it expected you know there's there's nothing harder than when you're doing comparison shopping online and you know maybe you find two pretty similar products you know maybe more, there's one you like a little better but it's going to take you seven days and it's going to cost you 19 dollars for it to arrive versus product b which is pretty close but maybe not the exact one you were looking for but you can have it tomorrow we live in an instant gratification world. You know, quite honestly, a lot of times folks are going to pick option B because they can get it tomorrow. So, you know, unfortunately, there's not a, a black and white answer to this. But what it does highlight is how you go from a constant monitoring situation to then making those small adjustments on the fly. And then from there, really being able to turn the needle and, and, and make 
changes to the big picture and affecting your corporate strategy. You know, JR, you and I have both talked quite a bit about everything we can do with visibility here today and how we can prepare your data. And these are all the wonderful things you can do with it. But, you know, plain and simple, you can have all the access to something that you want, but without knowing how to take that next step, without knowing how to interpret this data and put it to work for you, it's essentially useless. You know, I have to admit, I can't drive stick. And I could have a beautiful Ferrari in my garage right now, but quite frankly, because I don't know how to drive standard, that car's a paperweight. So it's really fun to look at and I get to brag to all my friends about that I have one. But at the end of the day, I'm still getting in my Jeep. I'm not driving that Ferrari. I don't have the ability to take it out and use it kind of to its, its full potential, if you will. You probably shouldn't have just admitted that on this call. <laughs> no judgment, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good analogy. Uh, all kidding aside, very good analogy. And, uh, you know, as, as we look at, you know, at the beginning of this conversation and, and how, you know, again, I know there are a lot of folks on this call that are probably in the early stages uh, of, of, you know, getting to a place to where they have some visibility. And just to kind of recap a little bit, you know, it's, it's really about focusing on how do we take our partners across the supply chain, uh, the data internally, how do we consolidate that, get it to one place, uh, get it in a manageable place so that we can have that, that uh, global management view of our data allows us to have our employees um, and, and different folks working in the supply chain operationally, it, it allows them to have some autonomy, uh, being able to really uh, use that information to make small changes, which in turn will affect profitability, uh, allows us to break down those silos that, that are mm -hmm. holding up a lot of that collaboration across departments, across supply chains, and uh, you know, really gives us that ability to strategically think about how we move forward with, uh, you know, things like free shipping, right? You touched on it. It's not free. There's a cost. Are we going to take that cost on? Are we going to build that into to our, our, our cost of goods? How are we going to look at that, right? Um, or can we take that freight cost and, and turn it into a profit center? So being able to, to look at those things strategically uh, is, really, is really important. And then as we look at the continuous improvement strategy in action, Mark, I think it's a, a good time to kind of talk a little bit about what we've seen in our careers, how we've seen this come to fruition and, and, and really uh, work in organizations' favor uh, by you know, getting the data in the right place, having that view, and then working with a partner to say, okay, now we're in this good place. We want to get here. We think we want to get here. We think we might uh, have an understanding of how to do it, uh, you know, and in, in, in what has happened with, with, those, uh, with those scenarios. I want to talk about one that I've, uh, I've been a part of, and it, it really is a good example of this strategy in action. We we worked on a project for a large regional retailer, and they were really focused on determining an alternative to their current distribution center network. And they were looking at their store servicing model. So the problem, like we've touched on a couple times throughout this conversation, is Amazon has changed the way that we look at shipping times. They looked internally and they said, wait a minute, we're not competitive with our shipping times. You know, we, we've, been, we've been passed by Amazon and, and others in the, in the competitive landscape. So how do we get back to at least, uh, at least getting to the point where we're competitive with shipping times? We don't necessarily have to beat it, right? But we need to be competitive. They also looked at, Today, we have 
poor trailer utilization. So we're also spending significant amount of uh, time with, with empty miles. So we have trucks running uh, all over the place to pick things up and deliver, and it's not very efficient. So those were the key things that we were looking at. And we were able to look at these things because we were able to help them get their data in the right place. And this, is, this isn't something that happened overnight, right? This was a process. Uh, but what we found was when we were looking at the average distance between facilities, that the move from the current 3DC model to a 4DC model the, the cost difference between those two different models was very minimal. However, the service impact, the shipping times, the, the impact was, was huge. So we were able to see and, and model that, uh, that, that really they needed that fourth DC strategically located in order to uh, service those stores and cut down those shipping times. So we recommended a few changes to them uh, that, that have had a pretty significant effect. We recommend so, that they transition. I'm sorry, I was going to say, so, you know, operationally, we, we put together a very strong plan for them. Um, you know, what was kind of the, the impact that that had on their on their bottom line? You know, I know you're about to share with us, you know, what what recommendation we made, um, you know, just just so we understand on the call that this wasn't just operational level exercise you know can you share as you're giving us the the solution that we put in place for them what impact that had from a financial standpoint as well yeah sure so i mean to to cut right to the chase as far as the value that we brought them uh, we we looked at significant savings it it was about 11 to 15 percent savings on their annual transportation spend by by making these changes we, we transitioned one of their DC centers, uh, distribution centers. Uh, we transitioned the location of one of those. We also uh, realigned about 23 of their stores with different distribution centers, right? We saw that those distribution centers uh, were fulfilling different stores based on capacity, right? And by making some, some operational changes and realigning those stores with the, with the correct DC network, um, we were able to save them close to $5 million annually. So really significant uh, hard dollar savings that, that meant, um, you know, that this organization could not only become competitive again, uh, but also save some significant money and, and, and take that money and reinvest it into, into other, uh, into other par parts of their business. So a really successful project, and I, I want to reiterate that this didn't happen overnight. We were working with them uh, to, to get their data in the right place, uh, using the correct tools to, to, to filter that data through the right channels, and it gave us the ability to model these things and really have a, a significant impact on the future of their business. Have you, Mark, can you share any examples uh, that you've seen with with how visibility and uh, supply chain projects have, have had an impact on an organization that you've worked with? Absolutely, yeah. You know, one of the things that, that JR mentioned that was incredibly important is is modeling. And, you know, quite frankly, there, there are going to be many times throughout our careers where we think that we've identified a problem. And on paper, it's something that needs to be solved and there's got to be a better way to do it. And it's very important to have an environment, a sandbox, if you will, that gives you the ability to find out what that impact to your business looks like. You know, we were working with a, a large outdoor power equipment manufacturer and we had been fully engaged with them for, for some time. And, you know, with that in mind, we were able to create a full digital twin of their supply chain. And having such ingrained access to their, to their data, we were able to model out multiple scenarios to them. They came to us with a problem that said, hey, right now we have three locations, two distribution centers 
and one manufacturing facility that also acts as a distribution center. We feel that that facility is too taxed. There's too much going on. It's hard to get raw materials in and finished goods out. We think it would make much more sense to totally utilize that space for manufacturing and find a new distribution center. Again, on, on paper, how could that not be better? You know, more, more manufacturing space, you can produce more. You have a cleaner process to distribution. So we said, absolutely, let's take a look at it. So we modeled out multiple scenarios, including locations of the DC, servicing their clients, getting the product out, increasing freight costs, real estate costs, taxes, et cetera. Having full knowledge of their supply chain, understanding their, understanding their um, true landed costs, let us make these recommendations to them that said, hey, although this is the, the right idea for you on paper, all these plans that we've modeled out are going to end up costing you more money in the long run. It is not a profitable venture. It will take too long to make your investment back for it to make sense. So while unfortunately, you know, this isn't what we would call a happy outcome, we were able to avoid extreme costs and very little return. And having that sandbox digitally in which to model out decisions can really prevent you from taking a step that could, you know, really cripple your future growth. So, you know, we, we've kind of seen both sides of the coin and, you know, JR and I have shared quite a bit of information with the group as a whole. You know, what we'd like to do now with the, you know, 15 plus minutes that, that we have left is, is open it up for questions. You know, what, what would you from the, from the group like to ask us today about any of the information we've shared or specific questions about problems you're facing today? Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, we do have some questions that have come in. And as a reminder to the audience, uh, you can enter your question in that questions panel on your screen. So we'll address as many questions as we have time for here. It looks like we have, do have a few minutes. Um, our first question, it goes back to the freight as a profit center. Um, what, so what are some benefits of having, um, having visibility into, into your supply chain data? And what, what are some benefits of that uh, of having actionable insight into that to so you can so you can do your freight as a profit center or set up your freight as a profit center. Yeah, JR, it's all right. I'll, I'll field this question. Um, you know, one of the most important things in that area is is understanding what your true landed cost is. So when you have that information, especially when you have multiple SKUs, you can now make it so you can have a different spread on each of your product lines and you can have a you know standard way throughout your organization of accounting for that and when you can do that it gives you the ability to project results as well you know one of the things that is very important to the supply chain is you know giving that financial visibility and being able to project not only your budget but risk that's in there as well for the financial arm of your company when you have visibility into this data that is actionable you can not only project out what that profit center looks like you can use it to budget for your entire year and how you're going to allocate those funds in terms of what you know monies are coming in specific to that enterprise Thanks, Mark. Uh, next question came in. Uh, JR, I was going to pass this one to you. Um, so is okay. real-time visibility really necessary? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So when we talk about real-time visibility, there's a couple different pieces of data uh, that, that, and I'll answer this in two different ways. Um, so real-time visibility to things that are physical and operational. So again, going back to, um, you know, where's my truck or where's my inventory? Those types of things, yes, those things are, it's important to have those, that, that data, that information in real time. However, what people uh, oftentimes miss is when you start getting into the financials, you really need time to let that data soak. 
So that data, if it's coming in real time and you're making changes based on real time data in the, in the financials, uh, you, you may be reporting out or making decisions based on incorrect information. I'll give you an example. If a an LPL carrier gives you a rate on a shipment and you look at that financial data prior to being invoiced, you may have incorrect financial data on that shipment. So you really need to give it a little bit of time uh, and, and allow that carrier to invoice you uh, and allow that data to essentially soak. Um, the, the best way I can explain this, and I think the most important thing here is real-time access to data. So the ability to, to have the data at your fingertips uh, in real time without having to request it from different partners in the supply chain, those are the things that are really important, and, and that's how you can really make the biggest impact is having that uh, real-time access to visibility. Okay, JR, thank you. Uh, I've actually had a couple more questions come in. Um, let's see here. Uh, can you suggest different tools being used to get and process the data? Which one of you guys wants to take handle that take that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can do that. I mean, some of the the important areas that you want to focus on are, you know, hey, take a look at your partnerships, whether that be with your carriers, a 3PL, your TMS provider, whomever that might be. You know, if you have multiple relationships, you know, unfortunately, what that leads to is multiple centers that you have to go to to get information. You know. We've tried to keep this pretty agnostic during our, our, our talk, but, you know, one of the best in class ways to do this is to have a partner that brings everything under one umbrella. So, you know, short of, of having a commercial for our services, you know, what I would say is going to the places where that data lives and then, if possible, finding a way to bring it all together under one roof to give you that true global management dashboard in one place that doesn't force you to take information from multiple and perhaps disparate systems. Yeah, and, and I'll follow up on that uh, response, Mark. Uh, and it goes back to, you know, if you don't have the resources internally, oftentimes it makes the most sense to partner with, with an organization. And, and there, are, there are plenty, there are countless of companies out there that do this, but, um, you know, finding a partner that's able to uh, connect systems. So whether it be APIs uh, or, or different file formats or, you know, even EDI, but, you know, look at partnering with, uh, with a company that, that can be that uh, sort of middleman on uh, pulling data from, from different places and, uh, you know, integrating those into into a single source of truth mm -hmm. thanks to both of you I actually have another question along those lines so how do you decide what system should be a center of all truth if a business uses different tools for different purposes in different departments yeah i think i think this might be another good one for jr and i to uh to tag team you know from, from my point of view you're going to want to work either again with a partner or with a system that is agnostic to where the information is coming from something that can integrate both with your tms with your erp system and you know also your accounting system you want to make it easy that after the bills come in and as costs come through they're allocated properly into your general ledger you know this really really signifies the importance of a main theme that both JR and I spoke about, which is knocking down those silos. When you're integrated with your ERP system, you know, now you have the information coming directly from sales or customer service and being pushed into your provider system, which may then feed directly into your TMS. And, you know, honestly, on the output, on the back end, now it's feeding into your accounting and your accounts payable. And that's really the operational side 
whatever system that you're in, whatever partner that you're with should have that reporting arm, that global management dashboard. And as again, if you build it internally and you guys have the internal resources to do so, excellent. If not, to JR's point, have that third party partner that truly is a strategic partner and not a vendor that is gonna align that information to your company's needs. Yeah, and you know, similarly, Mark, it's it's really about having that interconnectivity, that those integrations, right? It's unrealistic to say that you're going to have one system that everybody's going to work in across organizations. Uh, now, you know, a lot of times that that financial uh, the financial records, and you start you start talking about those things. Um, you know, your ERP is probably going to be the, the, the main system there. Um, but the key is, is getting the, the data to a place to where you're able to feed data from different systems uh, into uh, the other systems, right? So being able to integrate across systems and allowing everybody in the organization to have access to that data, that's really where the, where the key is, uh, is, is getting that data connected to different systems, you know, and you may not be able to do that in one system, most likely not, uh, but that interconnectivity is key. And having the data in the same format across, across the systems as well. Thank you, JR. Thank you, Mark. It looks like uh, we're coming up on, on time for the end of our session today. Uh, Thank you both for sharing your perspectives with us. It's really, it's really clear to me that uh, complete visibility to your supply chain data is critical so that uh, if you're a shipper, you can adapt more quickly to changing conditions and position yourself for greater value long-term. Uh, to, to our listeners, if we didn't get to your question, we'll follow up directly with you. Or you can feel free to connect with uh, our supply chain masters, JR and Mark, uh, directly if you'd like to learn more. I've got their contact information up here on the screen. Now, on behalf of our presenters, I thank you very much to our audience for attending today's event. You know, you can look at our calendar on, on our upcoming supply chain master series in the resources section of our website. And our next episode, which is September 10th at noon Eastern, is an exclusive interview with one of our clients on how he and his team put supply chain visibility into action to optimize logistics processes, reduce freight costs, and save the company millions. So everyone who registered for today's webinar will not want to miss this one. So we hope you can use this material to realize additional value today, drive growth in your supply chain and in your company tomorrow, and master your supply chain. Thank you for coming.